2: I'm
3: Martin
2: Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello, uh, how is it going? Welcome back along to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min football family. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeon, joining you live on this Tuesday afternoon from North London, where it's kind of muggy today it's been raining on and off which is typical for British weather um, not very cold I'm in my shorts I'm loving it Um, loving it but could do with the rain stopping to be honest with you because yeah it's just so difficult to plan what to do I thought about sticking the barbecue on um, which is, those of you that follow me on Twitter will know that I do love to do when I get a spare t- a bit of spare time in an afternoon but yeah just as I sort of went to get everything set up it started chucking it down with rain and it's put me off and I've decided against it so hey here I am uh, bringing you guys uh, the live podcast right here on the Chronicles of Aguna YouTube channel remember if you prefer uh, to listen to it um, on audio you can do so because this episode shortly after its conclusion uh, will be available on all the major podcast platforms so uh, do get stuck into it there don't forget as well if you want to support the podcast uh, and you want to help us out in terms of making more content, uh, you can access our premium members-only content via the Another Slice platform. Uh, on And uh, the link is in the description below. But yeah, um, lots to discuss today. As there always it seems to be in the Arsenal world, uh, we're going to be talking Granite Xhaka's future after reports emerged today uh, with regards to Bayer Leverkusen's reported interest in him. We're also going to talk Declan Rice after... It seems that West Ham have briefed the press uh, with regards to what they're looking for in terms of a transfer fee for the England international this summer, who is likely to move on. Um, a few hellos uh, to those of you in the live chat with us. Uh, a big hello to Kev, to Steve, to Creambone, to John, uh, to Viju, to Temi, uh, to Wesbird. We've got Derek there. Robin is there. Charles is there. Uh, Daniel West. Gus is here. Uh, so many of you with us. So let's start with the Granite Xhaka thing then, because that is the big story. That is the main focus for me. I, I never expected West Ham to to say publicly anything different to what they've said. We will come on to talk about that a little bit later on. But the big story for me personally today is with regards to Granite Xhaka. What is going on uh, with the Swiss international midfielder, who's been really, really impressive, for Arsenal this season. There's no doubt about that. You know, whether you're somebody that's been incredibly critical of him in the past or whether you're somebody who's backed him um, and is now sort of enjoying watching his sort of, you know, rise to prominence at Arsenal and, and watching people sort of come round to the idea that he is a really, really important player. You know, it's undeniable that he's had a big impact at Arsenal this season and he's been so, so important. On the occasions he's not been in the team, I think we've really felt it. Um, I think we've really struggled. I think, you know, we missed him in the Southampton game. He came back, obviously, for the Manchester City game and he didn't look 100% fit. He didn't look 100% well, which suggested to me that he had been rushed back out of desperation. Um, To be fair, everybody in Arsenal colours that night looked really out of their depth. But, (laughs) <laughs> oh, I beg your pardon. I'm so sorry. I tried to get to the mute button in time. The old hay fever started to kick in. Uh, so sorry if you're listening to this on the headphones. That must have been painful. I am sorry. Um, I did try and get to the mute button in time and I couldn't find my cursor. But anyway, um, so Granite Xhaka, what does the future hold for him? Could he be on his way this summer? Well, it's reported that Germany's Bayer Leverkusen are very, very interested in taking the Swiss international back to the Bundesliga. Before we get into the ins and outs of this, and before we sort of really dissect it, break it down, I share with you guys my opinion on these stories. Let's get some of you guys' thoughts on Granit Xhaka in the chat box, because a fair few of you have been having your say. Kev says Xhaka deserves a season in the Champions League. It was always thrown at him that we've never qualified whilst he's been at the club. Um, what else have we got? Uh, John Tora, uh, field's dad says if Arsenal get another robust, quick number eight, and Emil Smith row can play winger and as a reserve number eight, then if in doubt, uh, then that would make it okay is what he's saying. If in doubt though, we can't sell the Swiss demigod. I like that. Uh, Viju says sell Granite Jacker while he is on a high and cash out because he's on the wrong side of 30 years old. And he's going to get slower than he already is. Let's see what else we've got. Uh, Temi says, no, we shouldn't sell him, but we can upgrade on him. So he becomes a squad player. Uh, What else have we got? Um, Let's see. Uh, Big hello to Robin, who's listening to us live for the first time in a long time. Uh, He says, um, Gus says... He's been good for us this season, Xhaka, but we can do better. Gus also says uh, good morning from New York as well. Um, David Boyle says, why would we keep a player who has had one good season in six? Wandering Minstrel says, Xhaka out of the blue. Is someone stirring this up? The thing is, though, is this out of the blue? Because I can remember the past couple of summers, every summer, hearing reports that Granite Xhaka was going to leave. And then they never materialized into anything. So, you know, I'm inclined to believe that this is kind of that again. Um, you know, you look at his contract situation, which is, I believe, uh, well, his current contract runs until 2024. And then the club have the option to extend it by a further year. So essentially, it's in Arsenal's hands that he has two years, basically, which means that he's not exactly at the critical stage in terms of needing to sell him to just to get something. Um, Amira says in the poll that I've put in the live chat. Now, the poll I've put is: uh, let me just bring it up. Should Arsenal be looking to cash in on Granit Xhaka this summer? Sixty um, or seventy one of you have now voted. 44% of you say yes, 56% of you say no, which is interesting. Um, Neil Mike says it's time to move on and upgrade. Rank Dave says if Leverkusen want him, they must pay £30 million plus. Uh, Temi telling me off for being late. Chronicles of a late Guna. You should know it by now. Um Wandering Minstrel does go on to say he deserves his chance in the Champions League. Matt says, keep him. Great squad player. What else have we got? Oh, so many. I'm, I'm really surprised, actually, by how many of you are quite happy to see Granite, or would be quite happy to see Granite Jacker moved on this summer. Steve says, if we can't improve on him, then we should keep him, in my opinion. Wesbird says Granite has been the most improved player, in my humble opinion. And he's so important in the dressing room. Matt says, I think cash in while we can helps with balancing the books. Um, Abdullah, who has dropped in a super chat donation. Thank you so, so much, mate. Really, really appreciate this. Says, we need an upgrade on his role. He would not want to sit on the bench. So sell him and buy an upgrade and a backup. Um, Fuad says, if we want to get the likes of Xhaka and Kaiseido, we I think what he's trying to say there is if we want to get the likes of Rice and Caicedo, we may have to sell to help fund these massive deals. I mean, that's the only angle that I come at from this and think, okay, I can see where people are coming from. So, like if if the question is is would you swap granite or would you sell Granite Jacker to be able to get Declan Rice? I can understand why people would say yes. I, I get that. And I can understand why people would say the same thing probably with Moises Caicedo as well, because these are players who I believe have higher ceilings than Granit Xhaka, are at an age whereby they could be mainstays in our team going forward for a long period of time. And so again, I understand why you might say Caicedo or Xhaka and pick Caicedo, why you might look at Rice and say yep, I'd take uh, take him over Granit Xhaka. And if you know, selling him is the means to that end, then I get that. But there's a part of me that when I look at this and when I read this and when I hear people speaking about it, that makes me a little bit, not angry, angry is not the word, but it, it, it does frustrate me a little bit. And I'll explain why in a minute. Let's just kind of get into the ins and outs of it. So originally the report came out saying that Bayer Leverkusen are desperate to sign Granit Xhaka this summer with the player facing a dilemma whether he should return to German football or stay at Arsenal, who are likely to make two significant midfield signings this summer, it's then followed on with Bayer Leverkusen are trying to come up with a package to tempt Granit Xhaka to leave Arsenal this summer. It is not certain that Xhaka will leave. The fee could be less than 20 million because of his agent contract, but any final decision could rest with the player. Such is the respect in which he is held at the club. So that's where we're at. That's what the reports are saying and suggesting and and brace yourselves, guys, because over the course of the next few months, we're going to have so many of these types of reports, so many of these types of stories. And what we're going to have to try and do, as we always do during the summer, is try and navigate through this sea of of transfer rumours and stories and try and pick out what we think might be accurate, what we think could be good for the club and try to recognise when maybe someone has come uh, to a conclusion that maybe doesn't really make sense. You know, that's that's the thing I always say, like when you're talking about trying to work out how true a story is, the first thing is the sanity check for me. Now, I don't claim to be in the know. I never will be because that's, uh, you know, I, I one of the things that pisses me off more than anything in the world of football is people that pretend to have information that they don't. A lot of the time people come up with something that they think in their head makes sense. They go early on it because they think that they will be then credited as being the first. And sometimes something will come off and it will come off, you know, nothing to do with the source that they had or whatever. And and they'll try and take all the credit for it. For me, don't pretend to have information if you don't. You know, there are a handful of people that are actually in this industry that are briefed by football clubs and by agents, and by people involved in transfer dealings. And then there are lots of people online, aggregators, I like to call them, that take information from other people, and try to come up with conclusions from that information, and try to pass it off as their own. Don't get caught up in this stuff. Now, I'm not saying that's what's happening here. Um, you know, but what I am saying is that we need to brace ourselves for a summer of a lot of this. Inns, Outs, shake it with abouts, yes, no, maybes. We're going to hear loads and loads and loads of stories over the course of the summer. Why? Because Arsenal are incredibly relevant again. Arsenal are right at the top of the Premier League at the moment, challenging for the title and will be right until the death. Arsenal is a very desirable place for players to go. Agents will put out stories regarding their clients. You know, people will try and use Arsenal as a vehicle in terms of trying to negotiate maybe deals with other clubs that they want. Well, we want this player. Oh, well, Arsenal are interested in him. So you better top up your offer. We're going to get that now. And the more and more and more we improve and the more people talk about how good our recruitment has been and is at the moment, and will be going forward, the more people will want to link themselves with our club. Well, if Arsenal are looking at him, he must be a really good player. And and that you, you're gonna see so much of that. Believe me, it is coming. Now we already get it every summer, probably more than most clubs out there, but it's coming and it's gonna come at an incredible rate this time around. Um what else have we got? Uh Adrian Link says, if you can improve on granite, then improve. I pray we don't waste money though on rice English hype machine. Uh Wesbird. Um says we probably won't get rice because of the price. We're going to talk about the price thing a little bit later on. Matt G says, if we can only get 10 million for him, I don't see the point. Uh, Cass says Granite can be our Modric. He's definitely got so much to offer in this team, especially next season with the Champions League, and he's hardly injured. I would definitely keep him. Um, Stefan says, one good season for Xhaka does not make up for previous bad seasons. Arsenal need to learn to sell well. Robert says, we need two new top midfielders. So we have competition for Thomas Partey and Xhaka. Only if Emil Smith-Rowe can be trained to play in Xhaka's position could we need one. Xhaka has now matured and he's got the experience that is priceless. Amira says, given his age, it would depend on the price for me. While he can always upgrade to someone younger, better, his experience and leadership might be important to a young side like ours. Just look at Chelsea. George says, sell already, weakest link in the team and with bad history with the fans. Listen, I can't believe how active the comments section is today on this. And, and I'm really, really surprised. that. So, I mean, it might just be a louder minority. It might just be people that really feel strongly about him potentially leaving that are, are filling up the chat box. And, and that's fine. You know, I, I want to hear from everybody. But, I mean, I look at the poll that we've got running at the moment and 62% of you still say, no, we should keep him. This is not the time to try and cash in on Granit Xhaka. So where am I? Right. I'm of the opinion that what we saw at Manchester City the other week and what we've seen over the course of the last month or so in the Premier League is Arsenal fall away because when it really mattered, they didn't have good enough players, players that were good enough for Mikel Arteta to trust and say, I'm going to shake it up a bit and I'm going to change it. Thomas Partey is a great example of that, right? Thomas Partey's form prior to when he actually got dropped, which was against Chelsea, had been really poor for a month. Okay? it probably been the worst month of football that Thomas Partey has played since joining the club from Atletico Madrid. Mikel Arteta didn't trust, regardless of what he says, he didn't trust Jorginho enough to go, Partey's had a bad couple of games, I'm going to put you in until Partey's form got so bad that he had no choice but to do so. You look at the centre-back situation, we lost William Saliba and Mikel Arteta didn't trust that Jakub Kivior was ready to come in from the off and replace him and play alongside Gabriel. What had to happen was that the tried and tested Rob Holding, who he knew what he was going to get out of, albeit not good enough, was the one that he initially went for. And only when it got so bad on the, with Rob Holding and only when we were shipping so many goals did Mikel Arteta go, right, I have to change it. Um, you can look at that in two ways. You can say that that is the wrong approach from the manager. You can say that, you know, maybe he needed to be braver in some of those decisions. And had he been braver in taking some of those decisions, we wouldn't have fallen off in the way that we did. You can look at it that way. Or you can say, actually, it's because the squad isn't good enough, which is what we've said all season, and particularly in certain areas, we lack high quality cover. And that, to me, is probably more like the truth and more along the lines that I want to believe right now. So we have got ourselves to a point where we are we are really pushing and and I would say this season, punching above our weight. Okay. Nobody at the start of the campaign thought that Arsenal would challenge for the Premier League. Nobody did. But here we are. And we're still not going away. We're still knocking on the door. We're still chasing Manchester City down. Will we have enough in the end? Probably not. And we'll look back on what happened over the last month and pinpoint that as the time that it kind of fell away. I would argue, and I've argued all along, and I've been pretty damn consistent in this, that this was Arsenal leveling out. Not having the level of quality within our reserves within our substitutes, within our squad, meant that we were unable to replace players like for like when some of our most trusted operators over the course of most of the season had lost form. You know, Pep Guardiola can do that. Kyle Walker loses form. He can bring somebody in to replace him. You know, Ilkay Gundogan loses form. He can bring somebody in to replace him. Erling Haaland who never seems to lose form, but let's say in the worst case scenario he did, could be replaced by a World Cup winning striker in Julian Alvarez. We went to the Etihad the other night or or the other week. They were cruising towards a victory. They were able to take off a player, take off an attacker and bring on a winger who has won the Premier League with Manchester City on a number of occasions, won it with Leicester, was one of their standout players along with Jamie Vardy that season. And had just scored a hat-trick in an FA Cup semi-final a few days before. That is the level of depth that they have and the level of quality that Pep Guardiola has at his disposal and has available to him from the substitutes bench. We want to get there. Now, I'm not saying we ever will get to that level because I still, despite the fact that they've invested money over the last few years, I still have reservations over whether or not KSE will go so far with the investment or have their limits you know we don't really know that yet we've got to give them credit where it's due because obviously you know they 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 continue to bankroll what we needed to do in the transfer market even without European football even with being in the Europa League that hasn't really been an issue for us we've continued on this project and we've continued to build in the way that we want to build but we're nowhere near the completion of the build for me Manchester City are the benchmark You look at what Manchester City have, and that is where you aspire to be as a manager in terms of your squad. That's what you want to get to. We're not there yet. And so to lose Granit Xhaka now, when we found a way of getting the best out of him, when his confidence is sky high, when his importance to the team and to the group is clear for everybody to see, would be a step backwards and makes absolutely no sense to me. Now, am I saying that there's not a better player out there who could play that role than Granit Xhaka in world football? No, I'm not. Of course there is. And if you ask me, would I rather have Declan Rice in the team every week than Granit Xhaka, as much as I love Granit Xhaka, and you guys will know I've been a big defender of his, I probably would prefer to have Declan Rice in the team week in, week out. Would I prefer to have Moises Caicedo at the club? Maybe I would. You know, I'm not disputing those things or those points my point here is that you should be building on top of what we've got not dismantling what is working for arsenal right now and all this nonsense about he's over 30 well so what if he's going to become a squad player he's never particularly relied on pace because he's never particularly had any so he's not going to slow down that is a that is a nonsense argument for me personally i don't think that carries any weight whatsoever And then you factor in what it says in the report, which is the fee could be less than 20 million pounds. Well, then what is the damn point? You know, this is where I'm at. Like we have to get to a point where when we lose one player in our starting 11, we have confidence and belief in the player that is going to come in and replace them and belief that that individual can help us maintain the level that we've already got. And, And the fact that that hasn't been the case this season is ultimately why we're not going to win the Premier League. This is the, you know, so to say that, oh, well, let Granit Xhaka go and we'll go back to Mohamed Neni being our reserve player or being the one that comes in is nonsense. Though. It doesn't make sense. Why would you not want that? Why would you not want someone who's performed as well as Granit Xhaka has this season? to be available to you as a part of your squad. Remember as well, next season, we play Champions League football. We're back in the big time. None of this Europa League business. We will not have the capability of playing through a group stage with a reserve side because that won't carry in the Champions League. You will get exposed in the Champions League if you attempt to do something like that. So can you see where I'm going with this? We should be building this squad. We should be adding depth. To this squad, we should be trying to take this team on to the next level. We should be looking to improve all the time and adding to the uh, tools and the weaponry, the armory, if you like, that Mikel Arteta has, not taking people away from him. Now, if there's an absolute need to cash in on Granite Xhaka, and that's the only way we were going to get certain deals done, then I'd look at it slightly differently. But looking at how much KSC have invested over the last few years, looking at the fact that they've gone, I believe, over the top for players in terms of some of the prices they've paid. Ben White, great player, great footballer, looks worth 50 million now, but didn't at the time we signed him. Aaron Ramsdale, et cetera, et cetera. When you look at the fact that, you know, the the club have been willing to do those things, I cannot believe that 20 million pounds would be a deal breaker. And this says less than 20 million pounds. Let's say for argument's sake, we're talking, I don't know, 15 million pounds. I cannot believe that £15 million pounds would make such a splash in the ocean that it would be the difference between Arsenal getting Declan Rice and not getting Declan Rice. If Arsenal really want him and really want to pay top dollar and are happy to do that, then they will get him. Selling Granit Xhaka for 12 to £15 million or even £20 million is not going to change that, is not going to make enough of a difference for me to accept weakening the overall strength of our squad. Do you see what I'm saying here? So to me, it wouldn't make any sense. I don't think Granit Xhaka wants to leave. I think at some point, Granit Xhaka will want to return to Germany because that is his home. At some point, you know, that's where well, he grew up obviously in Switzerland, but, you know, he spent a lot of years in Germany. His His family are comfortable in Germany. I'm sure at some point or another, he might want to go back there. But are you telling me after all these years of shit at Arsenal that Granit Xhaka has endured, all the difficulties he went through on a personal level, that now that we're in the Champions League and we've got there, he's going to go, actually, do you know what? Don't worry about it. Don't worry that I've gone through all of this. Um, You know, it's it's okay because now that we finally got to where I was aspiring to get to, I'm just going to pack my bags and head back to Germany. I do not believe that for a second. Granit Xhaka will want to play for Arsenal Football Club in the Champions League. He will want to stay at this football club. So the only way this happens is if we, as a football club, force it. And I don't believe we're going to force it. I don't believe that Granit Xhaka is going to leave this summer. And I don't believe that allowing him to leave for fifteen to twenty million pounds is going to make a any significant difference to what we're able to do in the transfer market in terms of business and b. You know, I don't believe that that's the right move in terms of continuing to develop this squad and trying to get it better. Now, we'll go through um, some of you guys' responses in the live chat, plenty of them uh, coming through. Uh, Charles is not very happy. He says, nobody wants him, Harry, because he's not that valuable, uh, good in the locker room, absolute maniac on the pitch. He's been incredibly valuable to Arsenal Football Club this season. And if you can't see that, then I would question if you've even watched a game of football involving Arsenal this season. If you, if if anyone, even the biggest Granit Xhaka hater, has watched Arsenal this season and thinks that Granit Xhaka has been in has been, you know, dispensable or not valuable to this side at all, what are you watching? Football is not for you. I'm sorry that I'm getting a little bit heated under the collar with this subject, but it is one that for years and years and years has riled me. Because I think that people see what they want to see when it comes to Granit Xhaka. And even when all the evidence is there this season, and even when it is undeniable that he's been an asset to the team, people still want to shit on his contribution and people still want to suggest that he should just be dumped, moved on from, and you know, any, any fee will do. Nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. abdullahi uh, with another very kind donation, thank you so much, mate, says, would you play him over a player like Kamavinga? I'd love to get Camavinga in, but are you going to be able to prize Camavinga away from Real Madrid? And they're different players as well. I think they're different players, but you know we can make all of these comparisons. The point I'm trying to make is, and and I've said it from the beginning, of course I believe that there are better midfield players in the world available than Granit Xhaka. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is, we should be building on the foundations that we've laid this season, and not taking one step back and hoping that that's going to take us two steps forward because at some point during the season we'll hit the same issues that we've experienced already which is oh no so and so is injured now we have to bring in a player who is a significant drop off in terms of quality and therefore we're going to have to try and change the way we play I mean look what happened at centre-back right we brought Rob Holding in we had to try and change and adapt things things that were you know hallmarks of the way we'd played this season. We had to make adjustments, tweaks and look what happened to us. It's mad. I I, I don't understand why people are, are so adamant that the guy needs to leave. It's, it's crazy to me. Juno says, Xhaka finally hits the form of his life and his prime. We shouldn't be getting rid. We can slowly phase him into a bench player, but you need his quality in the squad. Gunnar Deja Vu uh, says, I think the scenario of preferring Elneny to Xhaka as our reserve um pretty sure literally no one would like him sold under that condition literally no one so what kind of deja vu is saying if the alternative is bringing in a Declan Rice but the reserve is um you know I don't know Mohamed Elneny then no one would want this outcome and I and I agree with that um Jason says we need to keep our experienced first team players the likes of Elneny and Holding can be sold to help raise funds even the likes of Sambi and Tavares can be sold well That's exactly it, Jason. If Arsenal want to raise money, they need to sell the likes of Tavares. Won't get a lot of money for him, but you'll get something. You need to be selling people maybe um, like Laconga. You need to be selling people like Nicolas Pepe, who's still on the books. You know, maybe even you need to consider selling Emil Smith-Rowe. If he doesn't have a place in the group going forward, I know that's an unpopular opinion. A lot of people won't like that. I'm not saying that we absolutely should do that. But if, as has been suggested over the last few weeks, he doesn't really have a place in the plans and people are concerned about where where he goes from here, then that's the type of player. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year. Producing a balanced budget, not just for football. And saving on travel because spending less on airfares means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. Listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money podcast on your favourite podcast app. Future you will thank you.
3: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place.
2: that you look at moving on everybody that we've got out on loan is so su- is subject to being sold following Balogun is someone you could make money from if you wanted to if you think he's better than Eddie and Kettia, then sell Eddie and Ketia and bring following Balogun back into the picture there are so many more ways of raising money in areas where we would have sufficient cover you know even like, I don't want to sell him as well but even Kieran Tierney you know we, we he's not our first choice left back Granit Xhaka right now is our first choice midfielder. So it's nuts. It's crazy. Um, anyway, uh, let's say hello to let's have a discussion. Uh, thank you for your very, very kind donation. It says, love from Delhi, Harry. So now we've got the best of Granite. People want to sell him. Come on, listen to the players. They love him as a leader. And Matt G goes on to say, if £15 million, pounds, which is what we think we'd likely get for somebody like Granite Xhaka right now in the transfer market is the difference or the reason that we don't get Declan Rice. And there are bigger issues with this club as well. Um, What else have we got? What else have we got in the chat? Um, Cyrus says, one injury to Rice if we got him and we'd be stuck with Vieira. Thanks, but no thanks. Um, Robert says, I seriously disliked Xhaka, but he's completely won me over. The guy has given it all. Get a world-class midfielder next year, and then he'll be spread and used more sparingly across all the competitions that we have. Yeah, and and that's exactly the key. Like, I'm not saying, and, and if you've taken it the wrong way, then I don't know what you've been listening to, but I'm not saying that we shouldn't be looking to bring in a midfielder. I'm not saying that we should go into the transfer market saying, nope, Don't want to look at a midfielder. Don't want to talk to any midfielders. Don't even want to consider any midfielders or any players specifically who would thrive in that left eight position because Granite Xhaka is our man. He is a part of this group and a part of this squad. And I want him to continue being a part of this group and a part of this squad. But I'm not naive enough to think that there's nothing better out there and that we shouldn't be looking. We want to get better, remember? We don't want to stay where we are. We want to improve. We want to be able to sustain this level that we've shown this season. Across the coming seasons, we want to be challenging for the game's biggest trophies for the next four or five seasons at an absolute minimum, which means we need to continuously improve the squad. We need to recognize when people are maybe on their way down in terms of their individual form. Granite Xhaka. Has shown no signs of that this season. In fact, he's shown he's got better. And this happens. You know, there are players that get better later on in their careers. There are players that come across, Jesus, um, players that come across the right manager and that allows them to push on and develop and improve. Um, that was a massive bee that just flew across my face, by the way, if you're wondering why I jumped like that. And he jumped out of my skin. Um, I could hear it buzzing around behind me and then there it was. But yeah you know, we're going to have to keep moving forward. We're going to have to keep improving this team and we're going to have to recognize when people are on the the way down. Sometimes you do have to cash in while they're on hot form. I remember sort of saying that about Joe Willock, but that was different because Joe Willock was a youngster who was in and out of the team. Wasn't playing an awful lot in the premier league. Wasn't a real important player in the, in the grand scheme of things. Whereas Granit Xhaka right now currently is. And that's the difference, you know? And also, Joe Willock had gone to his absolute maximum and still wasn't a part of the plan. So you can justify selling him. Plus you're talking 35, 40 million pounds. When it comes to Granit Xhaka, if you're talking 15 million pounds and he's at his absolute best now, what is the point? What is the point in leaving yourself short? Makes no sense. Um, What else have we got? uh, Ian says, uh, Harry, the idea of getting to City's team is that there should not be any first-team players. Instead, competitors. We need competition to Xhaka. And how many mids do we need in the squad next season? For me, if you play with three positions like we do, you probably need at least six. You need six, you know? You need players that can... You need to be able to change that entire midfield three and put in another midfield three that is of a similar makeup so that it doesn't impact your style of play and your system and your patterns of play too much. Now, you're not always going to have six players of the same level. You're going to have your preferred three, I'm sure. But you need to try and get as close to that within the budget constraints that you have. And if we sold Granite Xhaka for 15 to 20 million pounds, who could we go out and get that would perform to the level that Granite Xhaka has this season for 15 to 20 million pounds in today's market? Nobody. That's another point. Abdullahi says, "Why do we set the bar low in this? Uh, we need three world class midfielders to challenge City. Let's think above him. Let's think like a big club. We need seven players. That's not realistic, though, mate. Like Arsenal are not going to sign seven players this summer if that's what you're suggested. Three, I'd rather we got three and of a really high caliber because sometimes it's about quality over quantity." We tried the quantity thing in the past. remember when Unai Emery came in, we brought a load of players in that summer, all of whom have turned out to be duds. Every single one of them. Literally every single one of them. So, yeah, um, for me, it's, it's about building. I, I don't want to just challenge. I want to win. And in order to win, we need to go to that next level in terms of our squad depth. In order to be competitive on multiple fronts. One of the big criticisms that Mikel Arteta's Arsenal face this season is, is that they didn't put up really much of a fight in the domestic cups. And of course, when I had the Europa League what, quarter fights or round of 16 stage, whatever it was, it wasn't good enough. You know, it, it wasn't good enough to people that Arsenal, it wasn't even the quarters. It was the round before, wasn't it? It wasn't good enough to people that Arsenal hadn't been able to, to compete on multiple fronts because people have said to me in the last few weeks when I've been doing sort of various bits of work, well, you absolutely have to win the Premier League because you threw the other competitions away. We didn't throw them. We made a choice in terms of prioritising based on the fact that we know our squad is limited. And so that's that's where we are. But I don't want that to be the case every single time. I want to be like Manchester City and compete for every single trophy and being in sort of the mix for trebles i want to be like liverpool were last season where they were competing on every single front okay it didn't go as they'd have liked in the end but you know you you want to be in those in those competitions you want to be fighting until the very end and you can only do that in modern football with a big squad and a squad full of top top quality um just a quick reminder, if you haven't done so already, please, please do leave a like on the video. Just 52 on the board. Let's try and get that up to at least 100 ASAP. Um, Please do subscribe to the channel if your brand spanking new. And if you're listening on audio, well, then do leave us a review. I'm going to bring you a very quick message from our sponsors, and then we'll be back and we'll be talking Declan Rice. West Ham seemingly have set their price for the England International. (laughs) The Chronicles of Aguna podcast is brought to you by the good people over at NordVPN. Uh, VPN, standing for Virtual Private Network, it's a virtual private network service that allows you to surf the web with an extra added layer of security. If you're somebody that uses public Wi-Fi, well, that is definitely uh, something you want to look into. But it also allows you to change your location, Uh, the location from which your computer, the internet, believes you are browsing and that can open up so many doors you'll be able to access content videos films streams you name it that aren't available in your region by selecting uh, your location as somewhere else you can pick yourself to be in the united states for example log into netflix and access their inventory of content if you're somebody like me who, whose background is from another country and you want to watch their tv like i sometimes want to watch greek tv but can't do so because it's geo-blocked here in the UK. If I try and log on to the iPlayers uh, of those uh, stations, I, I find it impossible because it's blocked. So, what do I do? I change my geolocation via my North VPN account to Greece or Cyprus, and I'm able to access that content. That's what you want to be doing. That's the way around it. You also can stream football. Um, you can do all kinds of different amazing things. You can sign up to subscriptions that aren't available. In your country and if you're searching for flights well you can search from another location which can sometimes have a massive massive impact on the price you can do all of these things for what costs the same as a cup of coffee per month that's how cheap nordvpn is and if you sign up via the link in the description below which is nordvpn.com forward slash chroniclesafc, you will get a huge discount as well as four additional months for free on the end of your plan check it out nordvpn.com forward slash chronicles and we thank them for their support of the podcast okay here we go um lots of you disagree with me in the um in the uh in the chat box about this whole debate and discussion. Um, Charles is still at He says, Harry, do you not see the contradiction? The price being bantered about for a player who is said to be in the form of his life is frankly quite pitiful. Under 20 million, the market clearly doesn't rate him. This is the problem, right? When people are, I don't know how to put this because I'm really passionate about this subject and I don't want to offend or upset anyone. That's not what I'm here to do. But to, to say that, and to be so dismissive of of his contribution this season and say, well, nobody in the world wants to cough up a major amount of money for him. um, So he must be crap and he, he must be moved on from. He's so naive, it's untrue. Look at how much James Milner has contributed to Liverpool since going there, right? Maybe not so much in the last 12 months. You can argue that he's lost his legs. I'll give you that. But look at how James Milner has contributed to Liverpool's relative success. He's 37 years old now, right? But in terms of them going on and winning the Premier League as they did for the first time in 30 years, he was important in that. He really, really was. You know, played a massive role in terms of backfilling the squad. He's won the Club World Cup with them. He's won the Champions League with them. James Milner has been an incredibly effective squad player for Liverpool and for Jurgen Klopp. How much did Liverpool pay for James Milner? Do you know? How much did Liverpool pay for James Milner? Not a single penny. They took him for free from Manchester City in July 2015. And since then, he has been so important to their squad. And the point I'm trying to make is, is that just because someone isn't going to go out there and pay in excess of... 25 30 million pounds it doesn't mean that a player cannot be of use to your squad and cannot be of use to your group it's such a naive take to have because each player has a role um and each player has a part to play in the project and i don't understand why you know the fact that nobody's paying 40 50 60 million pounds for him means that he doesn't have a part to play at arsenal or that we'd be better off without him. It's just such a strange take. I'm sorry, but I just can't get my head around it. James Milner, as I say, over the years at Liverpool, has been, Jurgen Klopp will tell you, one of their most important players in the dressing room, on the pitch. You know, like just that is is the, the prime example that contradicts everything you've just said there. So I'm sorry, but I just see it completely differently to you um mario says just a big thanks harry mate for all your hard work this season i've pretty much watched them all and long may that continue thank you so so much mate really really appreciate it and thank you for your donation um it does really really help so really appreciate it thank you Um, stephen Worrell says he must stay agree agree uh right okay let's um move on to the other bit of news um or the other report Uh, Declan Rice, who we've been heavily linked with this summer, who I'm sure most of us would like to see come to the club. Um, Those reports, those rumours, those talks not really uh, going away. But according to Sky Sports PL and various other outlets today, West Ham will allow Declan Rice to leave this summer if they receive an offer worth £120 from a Champions League club. West Ham would also accept 100 million plus a player for the midfielder with the Hammers already receiving inquiries about him. His most likely destination at the moment is Arsenal, while Chelsea, Manchester United and Liverpool have also shown an interest in the England international. Rice is believed to be earning about £70,000 a week and he would be expected to earn at least three times as much if he moves this summer. So let's break this down. Let's dissect this, right? So first of all, West Ham will allow him to leave if they receive an offer worth £120 million from a Champions League club. Now, the fact that it has to be a Champions League club suggests that there is some kind of gentleman's agreement in place between Declan Rice, his people and West Ham United. You know, they don't want to stand in his way anymore. He's been there for a long time. You know, it's time for him to move on. And, you know, he can justify sort of forcing their hand a little bit by A, making sure that the right fee is paid, but B, that he's going on to play Champions League football. So that bit makes sense. As for the £120 million price tag, I personally think that Declan Rice leaves for less than that. I think that Declan Rice leaves West Ham United this summer for around about £80 million would be my guess, would be my prediction. How that is structured, I don't know. Is it going to have to be £80 million up front or is it going to be £60 million up front? £70 million up front. I don't know you know, how much of that could potentially be made up of bonuses. I I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs. I'm guessing. I'm speculating here. But I just think a club like West Ham United, who have just pretty much, and and haven't even done it mathematically, but have pretty much just secured their survival in the Premier League with, what, four games, three games to go, I don't see how they could dictate a fee of £120 million for anybody, let alone... Declan Rice I, I rate Declan Rice but you know he isn't Lionel Messi <laughs> so you know how they could ask for that sort of money and be serious I don't know I expect this though from West Ham I expect them to be briefing the press and the media at the highest possible price why wouldn't they why would they weaken their negotiating position if they start at 120 million in terms of their negotiations and you knock them down 30 million You'll feel like you've got a great deal because you've knocked them down 30 million pounds. They'll feel like they've got a great deal because they overinflated the price in the first place and everybody wins and everybody's happy. So you always want to, as a seller, start your negotiation as high as possible. So that doesn't alarm me. It makes perfect sense to me. According to this report, his most likely destination is Arsenal. I can tell you now, Arsenal will not pay 120 million pounds for Declan Rice. Arsenal in my opinion will not even go north of 100 million pounds. It's probably going to be around the 80 million pound mark and if Arsenal can somehow make sure that the majority of that is paid up front i think that'll put them in a really really good position in terms of trying to get him. You've also got to factor in what the player wants and it looks like Declan Rice is would be interested in the Arsenal project which would help us And we are going to be in a position this summer, whatever happens in the title race, where we're in a much stronger position in terms of players wanting to join us than we've been in for years. And so that hopefully stands us in good stead. As for Rice, uh, currently earning around about £70,000 a week, and he would be expecting at least three times as much if he moves that summer. Again, that's another one of those sentences that if you read it on the surface, sounds Wild, like he wants to triple his salary, huge. But actually, 70, 140, 210,000 pounds a week if he tripled it. It's not that much money in today's market. When you think that, you know, people like Gabriel Jesus are on something like that, not a million miles off of that. When you think about that, it's not crazy at all that he would want around about 200, 210,000 pounds a week. If you're going to pay 100 million or close to that for a player, then you have to expect that you're going to pay pay a big boy salary as well. So, yeah, that's where I'm at um, with this. I mean, I'm not reading too much into this report. I'm not going to lose my mind over it. I'm not going to go crazy about it. I'm not going to sit here going, no, that's way too much money. We should walk away because I think there's a lot of negotiation to be had here. I think the West Ham will naturally set their stall out in this way. and nothing i've read there sets off any particular alarm bells for me so yeah um i'm okay with that i'm okay with that and we'll see where it takes us um guys if you've got any questions uh please do get them into the live chat i'd uh i'd love to hear from you guys uh we'll do the last what five ten minutes uh solely made up of your questions um be really really good to hear from you guys while you're getting your questions into the live chat box. I just want to uh, remind you of how you can access uh, the Chronicles of Aguna premium. um You can go to Chronicles. Uh, I always do this. I always go to say chronicles.com. No, it's another slice.com forward slash chronicles of Aguna. That's where you go. Uh, that will take you to this page, the last piece of premium content was our Newcastle United nil Arsenal two post-match player ratings. These drop typically around about an hour after the full-time whistle. Sometimes they're slightly delayed just because I'm at the games and I'm working on the games. And if I've got obligations I need to fulfil, it might take me a little bit longer to get them out. But you will get these before you get the review podcast, which is sometimes going to be the next morning, just depending on timings, etc., etc. You'll also get other bits as well. You'll get access to our Discord server and various other perks too. Um, But you'd be supporting us for six pounds a month, not just to make more content, not just for me to be able to dedicate more of my time, more of my freelance time on this, but you'd be supporting the great Ormond Street Children's Hospital as well, to whom uh, we contribute from our membership pot. So if you are interested in uh, supporting the podcast, if you do enjoy uh, the content, then I would advise you to do this rather than, or I would ask you to do this rather than putting the super chats. Um In in the YouTube chat, because YouTube basically hoover up all of that pretty much. I think they take something like 40% of it, which is nuts when you think about it. Um, And they do the same with the YouTube memberships as well, which is again why uh, we took it over to another slide. So if you are a YouTube member and you feel like maybe you're not getting the bang for your buck um, and it is because you want to support the pod, then this is the way to do it because this way we get access to these funds to be able to donate. Uh, to the charity but also to be able to put back in to the podcast getting guests getting people to help me out behind the scenes which is all really time consuming stuff so yeah um thank you uh, in advance to those of you uh, who will sign up to those who've already signed up you know i appreciate your support uh, so so much so thank you very very much for that okay questions um i feel like i'm getting ill again i've got i've got a sore throat bloody Again, man. Um, Cyrus says, do you think we target a striker this summer to compete with Jesus? I think we need to. I think we need to make a decision on what we're doing in that position. Eddie Nketiah did relatively well when he came in to replace Gabriel Jesus after he picked up that injury. But is he good enough going forward? I'm not sure that he is, but I just, I thought he was doing a good job. And then Jesus come back and you, you just see that the additional dynamic that he brings and all the other elements to his game that just really elevate Arsenal as a team. And then Saka gets better and Martinelli gets better and Odegaard gets better and everybody around him just seems to flourish from all the brilliant work he does. Is Foller and Balogun going to be that? I don't even think Foller Balogun's going to be that. I know he's had a wonderful season, but he's not that same type of transformative player, maybe a more accomplished goal scorer. And maybe we do need something a little bit different as an option as well. Um, not sure what the route is that we go down here. Lots of talk about maybe going out and getting a a slightly taller, bigger striker to give us that option as well. Maybe that's the, the right thing to do. But I certainly need, think we need more competition for Jesus because right now the level, that's one of those positions I was talking about when I said earlier on in the show that there are a lot where our level is here and it's great. But as soon as we're without that player, it drops off a bloody cliff and you can't have that if you want to have a competitive squad and, and you want to be able to compete on multiple fronts. Avic says, do you think Kivior will one day play as an inverted left-back left back like Ake? His stature looks the same as White's. Um, I mean, I, I don't think that right now, um, but that doesn't mean that that won't be the case moving forward um, or that he couldn't do that role in the future. I see Jakub Kivior as a centre-back. And, you know, that's kind of what I thought he was brought in to do, was to be that cover and competition, if you like, for Gabriel. What I will say about Jakub Kivio, from what I know of him previously, is he did at times play as part of a back three and as a left centre-back at times, which means that if you've played as a left centre-back in a back three, you're probably more understanding of and better equipped to play that inverted left-back role like Nathan Ake does then if you've never played that position before so yeah um yeah I think so Uh, Alex Jones says do you think it's possible Arteta and Edu actually create these stories to throw other clubs off the scent of who they are really after I don't think they actively do it but I think that they probably are quite happy to see some of the stories that come out knowing that they're nowhere near accurate and that they've got their eyes set elsewhere um you know we've seen them go and pick up players that we didn't even know we were linked with so they certainly do like to operate in the shadows if you like and that certainly helped them um just a quick one guys can we get the likes up as well please it really does help and uh we're not there we're nowhere near where we want to be i'll take a few more questions amira says arsenal and transfer sagas never end well but does this saga give you jesus vibes or mudrick vibes if this makes sense talking about declan rice he says there's an inevitability to this in my opinion um look my worry with the Declan Rice thing is that West Ham are going to stand their ground and we're not going to be we're not going to be willing to to pay as much as they want that's my only concern here but then if the player really wants it if it's only limited to Champions League clubs unless Manchester City go in then I don't think we're going to have that much of a problem. I don't think Declan Rice will want to go to Newcastle. No offence to them. I I think he'll want a project that is maybe a bit further down the line because of where he's at in his career. Plus, he's a Londoner. Does he want to go up to Newcastle? Lovely part of the world, but, you know, it's a long way. And then you look at the other Champions League teams, ourselves, Man City, probably Manchester United. Would you join Manchester United over Arsenal right now? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Wesbird says, uh, I know a lot of Arsenal fans at what Rice at maybe any cost, but I'm not one of them. And in your opinion, Harry, what is your thoughts and your preferred midfield players that we should go for? I'd, I want us to sign Declan Rice. I've come around to that idea. If you'd have asked me this in January, I wasn't 100% sure. And I, I kept saying that I felt that the money was always going to be crazy for Declan Rice because he's English as well. And I felt that there were certainly better alternatives available out there or at least equals for much less. But the more I watch him, the more I'm impressed by him, and the more he looks like someone that could come in and have an instant impact, but not at any cost, because I'm not daft enough to think that Arsenal have an unlimited spend, uh, unlimited spending ability, and that if we overspend, it won't impact on other areas that we need to strengthen so not at any cost but i'd certainly like to see us go and get him love this from matt matt you are a legend he says harry do you think we should sell granite jacka <laughs> brilliant stuff look i'm gonna pick one more just at random um because i am uh, gonna dash Halo Mateus raises an interesting point. He says, if Leicester get relegated, a DM like Wilfred Ndidi is a player that I crave. I also think he's better than any other DM at Arsenal right now. What do you think? I think he's a good player. I think he's one of a number of players that clubs will be looking to take away from Leicester City. There'll be some raid, won't there, on that squad if they do go down, because I believe that squad shouldn't be in the position that it's in. And I've had a lot of stick on 90 min in the past of being critical of Brendan Rodgers. People talk about the fact that Leicester haven't been able to spend the money that they spent in the past recently and all of that and the issues that the ownership ran into, et cetera, et cetera. But that squad is not a bottom three in the Premier League squad. And so Brendan Rodgers has to take some responsibility for where they found themselves at the time of his departure. And unfortunately for them, they haven't been able to turn it around, but there are some players in that group. Harvey Barnes, James Madison, Wilfred Ndidi, even people like Patson and maybe. Yuri Tielemans will be going on a free in the summer. There will be players there that other clubs will be eyeing up more so than there will be at, I don't know, Southampton, where there are some young promising talents, but you're probably going to take a bit of a gamble on some of those. There are players in that Leicester squad that have been there, done it, that have proven themselves in the Premier League and could be available in cut price deals because of the situation that the ownership find themselves in and because they're likely or could end up being at this moment in time as we're recording this a championship club so yeah we'll see uh thank you all so so much apologies to those of you whose questions i didn't get around to uh thank you all so much for tuning in as always we're just 12 likes away from that magic 100 mark hit the like button if you haven't done so already subscribe to the channel if you're brand spanking you check out the chronicles of aguna on the another slice platform i promise you won't be disappointed And we will see you tomorrow with another edition of the show, uh, which is mainly going to be made up of your questions. We'll also tackle any other Arsenal news that comes to the fore between now and then as well. But um, if you have got mailbag questions, get them in, get them over to me uh, via all the usual places. I'll catch you all tomorrow. Until then, goodbye. I'm Martin Tyler and you're listening to Harry Simeon.